0: Good morning. How is everyone today? Let's stand together. Have you come to bless the Lord? Have you come to lift Him up? I said, Have you come to lift Him up? Amen. Let's give Him praise today, church. He is worthy. We bless You, Lord. We praise You, O Lord. Amen. Let's sing to the Lord. Let's sing this.
1: Blessed
0: be Your name in the land that is plentiful.
1: Where streams of abundance flow, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, the wall through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. Every blessing, every, every blessing, blessing you pour out. I'll Turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in Lord. a Let's do that right now. Let's bless the Lord together. Lord, we lift you. We bless you. We praise you, oh God. Hallelujah. Amen.
0: Let's put our hands together.
1: Praise and praise and offering Even with a broken heart I'm singing Alleluia. No matter what i lost I'll sing To bless your name my God and King Even with a broken song I'm singing Alleluia. Standing on your promises, I'm trusting in your faithfulness. Once again, I'm here to say I love you. Once again, I'm here to bring you praise, even if it's broken. promises and trusting in your faithfulness once again i'm here to say i love you. once again Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. He is worthy. We bless you, O oh Lord Jesus. We lift you. We magnify you in this place, O Was God worthy, 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 Lord, forever, forever, sing it with us, worthy.
2: It together. Worthy, worthy, worthy Lord, another glimpse
1: of glory. We sing once more. Worthy, worthy, worthy Lord,
2: forever. Forever. Come on, sing it like you mean it. Worthy, worthy, worthy Lord, another glimpse of
1: glory. We sing once more. believe it's going to be too long. We will be standing around the throne together. Standing with those who have heard well done, proclaiming forever that you're the one.
2: Is he your king of kings this morning? You know, we need a king. We need somebody to come in and rescue us. I can't wait until he rescues me and I can stand before his throne and bow down and say worthy because he's kept me and I didn't deserve it but he's still me. You know, if you don't want to worship Jesus this morning, you're not going to like heaven too much. <laughs> because that's all we're going to be doing is worshiping him and, tell, and just glorifying him for everything he's done. You've got to think of one good thing that you can praise him for. No matter if you've had hell on earth at your house. No matter if your finances are not what you want them to be. No matter if you feel like you're walking through a thorny, barren place. He is still worthy. He is still a king. (laughs) And he is going to reign with us forever and ever. I guess that's why I kept getting you to sing worthy, worthy worthy Lord because even when I don't feel worthy he's worthy and he still loves me no matter what let's sing that one more time the worthy part it's just touching my spirit this morning maybe there's somebody else that needs a touch from God you know, there's nothing wrong with admitting that when we need something from God, that's why we come to church for our brothers and sisters to pray with us. You know, we would pray at home, but there's nothing like your brothers and sisters gathering around and putting their hand on your shoulder and saying, I'm there with you. We're in this thing together, and we're going to make it together. We're going to make it together. We're going to make it together. That's why we come to church, because we're lifting each other up. Let's sing this one more time, just the worthy part.
1: Worthy, 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 Lord, another glimpse of glory. We sing once more, worthy, 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 Lord. Come on,
2: sing
1: it with me. Worthy, 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 Lord. Another glimpse of glory we sing once more. Worthy, 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 Lord. Forever, forever. Come on, really sing it from your heart. Worthy, worthy. Jesus, King of kings, Jesus' majesty. Hallelujah. Worship the Lord, church. Hallelujah. 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 Give him praise. Give him glory. Give him honor. Hallelujah. 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 Continue to worship. Amen. You may be
0: seated. Can you lift your hands and give God praise in this house before or as you're being seated. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We worship you. We praise you. We give you glory. We give you honor for who you are, for what you have done. What a great and mighty God that we serve today, folks. What a great and mighty God that we serve today in this house. I want to go to the book of 1 Corinthians this morning. I do want to deal with the topic this morning of love. Um, it is close to Valentine's Day and I'm normally not a topical preacher but I kind of got into it and and it got to fill them right and so I decided I'd just preach on it today to you guys. I want to speak on the topic a new level of love, A new level of love. I'm going to read from the book of 1 Corinthians. Let's begin at verse 31. And then we're going to go into chapter 13. And um, let's see here. Let's start at chapter 12, verse 31. Listen closely to the reading of the word. But earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet I show you a more excellent way. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love. I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can move mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profiteth me absolutely nothing. Love suffers long, it is kind, love does not envy, love does not parade itself, love is not puffed up, love does not behave rudely, it does not seek its own, it is not provoked but thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity but rejoices in the truth, it bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things, love never fails, But where there are prophecies, this is powerful right here, folks. Where there are prophecies, they will fail. Where there are tongues, they shall cease. Where there is knowledge, it shall vanish away. Verse 13, the most popular of the verse. And now abide faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is, you guessed it, love. We've got something vibrating Mute everything except for me. I I want you to grab what, what God is trying to say today. If God is, if he thinks so much of a topic that he would absolutely give it an entire chapter, then there's something special going on. If we were to look at the book of Hebrews and we were to go to chapter 11, this is what we would find. Chapter 11 is the book of what? Anybody? It is the book of faith. If we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it is the book of love. So now we've got faith, a chapter dedicated to faith. We've got a chapter dedicated to love. So I guess that God is trying to tell us that there is something special. Evidently, God is saying that he feels that love and faith are very important foundational truths in our life. They are things that we must have. They are things that we must develop. They are things that we must encourage and cultivate and grow in our lives. They are the very foundation. If you do not have the foundation, the house, what? It crumbles. So he says you've got to have faith and you've got to have love. But love is the greatest gift of all. So in other words, faith enables us to come to God Right? We come to him in faith. We are saved by faith. But love is different. Love enables us to imitate God. Faith enables me to come to God. Love enables me to imitate God. You got to have faith to be saved. But when you get saved, all of a sudden now it turns into love. And the love of God begins to fill your hearts and lives through Jesus Christ. So now it's not just you walking around. It is God living inside of you, and you are imitating this wonderful God of love that we all love today and we cherish today because of who he is. There is something powerful about it. And do you know that God is going to judge all of us by how much love is in our lives I want you to think about that for a minute. So if you're a grumpy grouch, you're in trouble. Because when you stand before God, He is going to judge you by how much you loved. This is one of the most important, if not the most important topic I could talk about today. Now in chapter 12, we talked a little about the gifts of the Spirit Wednesday night. And I talked about how that God has gifts for everybody. And we talked about there's nine gifts of the Spirit and then the gift of helps. We talked about how people sometimes bake cakes. For the church to raise money, that's a gift. And we were talking about finding your gift and operating and functioning in the calling of the gift that God has given you. Now understand, in chapter 12, God has given us all these awesome gifts. And I told our group Wednesday night, we want the power gifts. We want the gift of prophecy. We want the gift of healing. We want the gifts that are power. The gifts that we can see evidence that they have happened. Paul has just wrote to the church in chapter 12 some of the most exciting stuff. He's saying, You're going to speak in tongues. One will speak in tongues. Another will have the gift of prophecy or the interpretation of tongues. A preacher will get up and begin to prophesy over the congregation. People are going to come up that are blind and their eyes are going to be open. Praise God. Hallelujah. And everybody in the church is ready to shout. And then Paul stops and slams the brakes. And says, but if you don't have love, all of that is nothing. Yes. What a thought. Here I've got love, love. Now God is not doing away with the gifts. Please don't misunderstand me. The gifts are still for us. He is not doing away with the gifts. He is not saying that the gifts are unnecessary. He is just trying to say the priority is love. Not prophecy. Love. Love not speaking in tongues, love. Oh, don't everybody shout at once. I'm feeling what I'm telling you today. Now, now, you may be able to out-prophesy me. You may be able to out-fake me. We got a little contest going around the office. Somebody's going to win the most humble award at the end of the year. And we've had this thing going and I was in Publix or Ingalls the other day I text a snapshot to Brian and Sandra I found me some humble soap and humble deodorant and I put on there with the picture top this <laughs> you may out prophesy me you may out me you may be able to move mountains more than I'm able to move with my faith but there is one thing that levels us all at the same ground. We can be level out, and that is this four-letter word, love. We can all, listen, we can use excuses. that well, I can't prophesy. I can't preach. I can't sing. And I love when people make all their excuses. I don't have any gifts, you know. I can't do this. I can't do that. You can love. It's a God-given gift. It's a God-given talent. We all can love. So we love God. We love others. That's the greatest gift. You know, I want to tell you in the church, we got to get out of this mentality that the hand doesn't need the foot. As Christians, we need to understand this mentality, and I could preach a, a series on this, but the hand cannot say to the foot, I do not need you. When he talked about the body of Christ, he says, I can't say to the head or whatever part body part he says, I don't need you because... They work together in unison and together the whole body. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, you cut off a finger and that changes everything for me. Because I play music and I play pianos and I play basses and, and I play guitars. You start taking off fingers, it changes your life. How can the hand say to the fingers, I don't need you? Because it does need them. And I want you to understand something about the body of Christ. When a brother or sister fall into a mud puddle, if I can say it that way, into a muddy hole, and they get stained by sin. You know, the Bible said that David said he pulled me out of the miry clay. Y'all remember reading that verse? He had committed adultery at Bathsheba. He had killed a man. But he said God reached down and he pulled me out when I was in the mud hole. I'm telling you, when we see a brother or a sister in the fake, And they fall into a muddy hole and sin begins to encapsulate their life. I want you to know we shouldn't walk over there and say, I cannot get dirty because I'm holy. (laughs) I can't touch you. I'm holy and I cannot associate with that. No, that is not how we should think. That is not what we should say. We need to reach down there to where they are. And we say, hey, I used to be there too. I used to struggle with that too. But thank God somebody one day walked by that muddy hole and they said, brother, I'm here to help you out. And he lifted me out and we should lift them out and say, now let us give God glory together. That is love, folks. Love doesn't leave people in a mud hole and say, we're too good for you now. We have to learn in the church. God one day looked at the world. It was sinful. It is being held captive by Satan and his principalities and the demonic powers of the air, much like we see today. He looks at this world and he says to himself, maybe I should destroy it. Maybe I should do away with it. God regretted that he ever made man. You remember reading that scripture and says, maybe we should just do away with man. I've got angels that will worship me. I've got all this stuff in heaven. Everything's perfect. No sin. So why don't we just call it a day. And I'll just take the worship from these beings I have created. But the love of God drew him to us. And here's the thing. When he looks at this world... And this world is full of sin. I want to tell you, and the devil is on the rampage. Who is the principality and the darkness of the air? The darkness of this world, the prince of this world. You know who it is? It's the devil. He's having his heyday right now in this world. When things are going crazy and sin's on the rampage, the devil's just sitting here laughing. This is his little playground for a little while. Satan is trying to attack every home. He will attack every marriage in this house today. He will attack everybody he can. And God said, I know how to combat that. Now you would have thought that God would have went to his arsenal in heaven. He'd have pulled out his mightiest weapon, an atomic bomb or something, and blow him up. He would get Michael, the archangel, and say, Michael, go suit up. Get on your armor, boy. It's time to go. I'm going to send you out there to the enemy. You remember that 185,000 you killed? It's time to take out Satan and his army too. Let's get rid of him. But that's not what God did. He said, my greatest weapon is... Some of you are going to get it. If I preach about 35 more minutes, you'll have it. My greatest weapon is love. For God so loved this world that when hell and sin were raging that he sent his only begotten son Jesus into the world so that we could be saved. That is what you call true love. Nobody has loved you like that. That is the greatest weapon. It is love. He knows this. He knows it. And he could use it against the devil to defeat him. And love will prevail. And love will defeat the enemy. So if God could save the world with love, then we as a church need to catch a revelation right here and right now. And we need to realize that our screaming and our protests. Is not going to save people. We need to understand that looking at people and making them feel inferior to us, as if we're better to, than they are, it is not going to save the world. If we're going to have a fair phar- Pharisaical spirit and say, "Lord, I'm better than these other ones. Look at this guy over here, this sinner. I'm better than he is." That is not the love of God. That is hate. Hatefulness That is divisive. The love has to start in ourselves. Yes, you have to love yourself. I am not talking. I've met some people that really love themselves a little too much. They think they're a little prettier than they really are. More handsome than they are. More confident than they should be. I've met people like that, but I'm not talking about loving yourself in a conceited way. I love me, therefore I take care of me. Except for when Rick's class wants me to go eat fried seafood and and fried hush puppies and fried fries and basically just a a plate full of clob of, of fried. And you just get home and pop every antacid pill you have and that little blue pill the doctor gave you for your stomach. Oh my goodness, but other than that most of the time I love myself and I want to take care of myself You've got to love yourself. You've got to love your family. And then we have to learn to love the world. You know, many times when we judge a ministry and we start looking at the greatest preachers that have ever lived and we look at, oh, well, Oral Roberts and some of these guys and and we, we judge them by the ministry. How many great miracles did they have? But God does not judge us by our great miracles. God judges us by our love for other people. He, again, I want to reiterate, He is not doing away with the gifts. They are still real. He is not saying they are unnecessary. Again, He is saying the priority is love and love is greater than all the gifts. Wow! So to the person that's discouraged today because you don't have a certain gift and you're all, You have the greatest gift And it's a free gift It's free to use And quite frankly It's really easy To use What is love? Number one, love is kind Love is someone that simply Treats people right Love thinks no evil That means that they are not all the time Derogative, they are not not all the time Down, are always negative They're positive Love is permanent It is not you love me when I'm up here And then you don't like me when I'm down there If you can't stay with me While I'm down here I don't want you when I'm up here If you can't go with me Through the struggle I don't want you to have victory with me When I'm on the mountain dancing Love is permanent. It lasts. It endures. Love does not give up on people just because they make mistakes. Love forgives. You cannot walk in love until you walk in forgiveness. The forgiveness you think about the blood. Focus on the blood and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ in our lives and when we see that we will have unity. As long as the body of Christ is looking at each other and we tearing each other up in the pieces, the enemy can have a heyday. But it is when we start seeing through his lens and through his focus and we begin to realize man it's the blood of Jesus that matters. It is the forgiveness of Christ and as he forgave me I'm gonna forgive you that is when unity we can touch with that we can connect with that and that's why Satan gets so beside himself when this wonderful word love begins to embody the body of Christ it's who we become it's who we are the devil gets nervous because it's the greatest weapon that we can use against him. Oh my goodness! I know we want to speak the speaking tongues and kick him out the door, but I can live a life of love and keep the devil on the run. Now I want to I want to balance this today, because in our world we've got this thing where, you know, we start talking old oh, love people. And, well, that's a compromising church. They use the word love. They're compromising. But you know what the Bible said in Ephesians 4.25? I read it yesterday. He said, speak the truth in love. Now, now I want you to think about this. That means if a preacher really loves you, the preacher will preach the truth to you. If you find the church that all they want to do is tell you how good you are, how pretty you are, and how everything's going to be better, and try to leave you with this warm, fuzzy feeling... He doesn't love you. He may love your money. He may love your attendance. Oh, come on. He may love the way you praise Him after you preach every Sunday, but the love of God is not in Him. Now, you think about this. Grab what I'm telling you today. And and this is what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that in America we have reached this point in America in the church to to where people are looking for a preacher that will make them feel good. I really believe we are living in that last day, that end time, where people want these these tickle my ears, tell me what I want to hear, tell me something that cheers me up, give me a buzz, give me a high feeling. It's kind of like a drug, you know. Give me my dose of dope and let me go. If he doesn't tell you the truth, If he doesn't tell you the truth, he doesn't truly love you. So if we go to a church and somebody does tell us the truth, we have a decision that we have to make. And a lot of people in America have decided that if they go to the church and the preacher does preach the truth and it steps on their toes and they don't like what they have heard, then they make up their mind, well, we're going to go attend another church because we can go to a church that's going to make us feel better about ourselves. And I want to tell you, the gospel elevates us. All right? The true gospel elevates us. It will pick up our spirits. And I want you to know something about me, and you should know it. I am a positive preacher. I want you to leave encouraged. I want you to say, praise God, I'm going to climb that mountain. I want you to leave saying, I speak the mountains in Jesus' name, and mountains are moving. I want to preach that, and I want to encourage you. But this is what God said. He said, I also want you to speak the truth in love. See in verse 6, this is what he said. He said, Love does not rejoice and celebrate in iniquity. That means we can't just go to church and all sin together and have a heyday until we go to heaven. But love rejoices in the truth. That is true love, is the truth. I want to tell you something today, we love homosexuals. There's somebody here struggling with, there's somebody watching. I want you to know we love you. We love you in Jesus' name. And if you are a homophobe and you want to hang them, then you're not saved. Don't everybody shout at once, you'll ruin my message. But if that's the way you love people, I'm going to tell you something, you're going to have a rude awakening when you stand before Jesus. Judge not that you be not judged. It's going to come back to bite you. Amen. We love them. But I don't believe that God wants me to go to the corner of the university and hold up signs that said "bags are going to heaven. Amen. I've seen churches do that mess. And I think, what a bunch of... I'm a preacher. I know, honey. I'll hush right there. It literally angers me because I think these people are the face of God. Do you really think that's the way I'm going to win them? Hogwash. gosh! People are going to walk by that and say if that is the love of God I don't want anything to do with it. We've got to show people that we love them but it doesn't mean that we're never going to be able to stand in our pulpit and say it in love homosexuality is biblically a sin. We have to. Listen, abortion clinics all over the world. I believe right now abortion. But there's somebody that says, well, you should be quiet about that. You shouldn't mention that because that's politically incorrect. Right? Leave the politics to the politicians. Can I tell you all something? We talked about, Daniel, for you that weren't here on a Wednesday night, you all to watch it. And the one thing that we learned from the book of Daniel was that when man's laws come in conflict with God's laws, God's laws always prevail. That is why Daniel ended up in a lion's den because he said, I will not listen to this man-made law that you have made that I can't pray and worship my God. And I'm telling you, that is where we are. Oh, yes, it may be in Washington. It may be part of politics and Roe v. Wade and all this thing, but we have got to let the world know it is wrong. That baby in you is precious. That baby in you may be a preacher. Don't give up on that baby because God's got his hand on him in the womb. We have to be willing to do it in love. We have to say God loves you. But hear me, the Bible, God's word says it's wrong, it's sin. God's able to change you if you'll give your life to him. You don't have to live this way. You don't have to do this. Jesus never minced his words, right? A matter of fact, I was reading in my Bible the other day. And it was funny, the only people that Jesus ever really got rude with was religious people. <laughs> he was good to the sinners. He's got a lady that's a prostitute. She'd been living with six different men. I mean, she don't know who she wants to be with. She's doing test drives, let's put it that way. I don't know what the deal is. She's going to figure out which man will love her the most, I guess. But Jesus comes there and says, you you can't do this anymore. She says, but do you know who I am? Yeah, I know who you are. And I know about all the husbands that you've had. And I know about all this stuff. And the one you're living with now is not your own. I know your story. But let me give you some living water. Do you see the way he does it? Isn't that powerful? I know your story. I know what you've done. I know you're the talk of the town. All the men talk about you. You have given yourself a name, woman. And it's not a good one. But here is some living water. And if you would drink of it, it's going to change you. And you will never thirst again. The prostitute left a woman of God preaching the gospel. Don't tell me the truth doesn't work. It will. It'll work. It'll work. Man, help me Jesus today. The people that he meant words or really got, uh, got rude with was those religious folks, those Pharisees. He said, you're a bunch of vipers, you're a bunch of snakes, you're a bunch of serpents. But he loved sinners. I was reading the other day where Jesus goes to Simon Peter and he says this. He asks the same question three times to the same man. In John 21, 15 through 17, he said, Simon, do you love me? Now, when we hear the word love, how many, how many words do we have for love? Anybody? I only got one. It's amazing. I'm like, I love you. I tell my wife, I love you, honey. But I'll hug Johnny's neck and say, I love you, brother. We got one word for love. But in the Greek, there's three words for love. And so when we look at the Greek, the first one would be eros. Eros is a sexual terminology for love. Yes, this is meant for your husband, for your wife. You love them in an eros kind of way. But then there's phileo love. And phileo love says this, I am attracted to you. I feel something for you. Now, I know because we're flesh, we automatically think sexual. Because that's how our minds work. But God says, no, 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 no. This is a friendship relationship. This is where I can look at my brother and say, I love you, man. I love you because I feel something for you. There is a connection between us. I can't explain it. But, man, when I talk to you, I feel so much better. I feel like I can trust you. You want to go out and eat sometime? Let's talk to one another. See if we can encourage one another. That's a folio love. It's like a brotherly love. It's like a sister love. But then there's a new level of love. And God said, you've heard about Eros. You've heard about folio, But there's another one called agape. And agape is the highest level of love that you can go to. It is known as divine love. So Jesus looks at Simon, and when we look at the Greek, and we look at our Bible. This is how he said it. Simon, do you agape me? In other words, do you have the highest love that you can have for me? And Simon answers, I fully owe you, Lord. That means that I feel something for you. I mean, you're, you're a good guy. I mean, I trust you. I enjoy hanging out with you. I enjoy seeing you do miracles. So what Jesus figured out that day is what he figures out with us a lot of times. We don't quite love him at the same level he loves us. Boy, this will preach on it. Oh, I haven't even started. i got to hurry. He realizes, Peter, you don't love me like I love you. I have agape for you. I've got the highest level of love for you. You're more than a friend to me, man. I'll die for you, Peter. I'm going to die for you, Peter. To which Peter decides, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to respond to this. Uh, do you agape me? Do you have divine love for me? Little Peter's getting all riled up at Jesus. And he says back to him with exclamations, Yes, Lord! I fully owe you! It's interesting, the last time, the way that the Greek writes it, it is not Simon, do you agape me? The last time Jesus said, Simon... Do you phileo me? Peter just wasn't quite there yet. He looked at Jesus and says, I owe you. And around the same time, he looks at him and says, I'll die for you. You remember that, right? All these others may forsake you, Lord, but I owe you. But what he didn't know is, Phileo, love isn't good enough to get you there. you got to go deeper if you're going to follow Jesus to that extent. And so he says, I Phileo you. I will die for you. But Jesus said, no, 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 Peter. You mean well. Your spirit is willing. Your flesh is weak. This night you'll deny me three times. No, 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 Lord, Lord, not me. I Phileo you. I'm going to stay with you. But that night, sure enough, he figured out, He would deny him three times. But the good thing about Peter is his story doesn't end there. In the end, a voice came over his head and said, Peter, you must go into the city and die for me. They're going to hang you upside down. Simon, do you fully owe me? He turns his face to the city and says, No, Lord, I agape you. And he goes into town. And he loves him more than anything so much that he would give himself just like Jesus had given himself for him. I wish somebody would grab, oh, how he loves us. But Jesus meets us at our level. So even if I'm at phileo, I phileo you, Lord. I want to be better. I want to go higher. I want to do better. Then God looks at me and says, Jimmy, I phileo you too. He comes down to where we are, showing us that it doesn't matter what we've done, it doesn't matter where we've been, that God will come to that when we realize how much He loves us. My goodness, I will love you on that level. I wonder how many things God would do for us If we would be willing to move up our level of love for him. I mean, if we would not just have this casual relationship with Jesus. This relationship that says, yes, Lord, I'm attracted to you. I feel something for you. I I go to church on Sundays. I feel this. It's in here. There's something moving me to do it. Lord, I'll go through the motions for you. I'll lift the hand. I'll shout amen. I'll back the preacher. I'll clap. And all we're doing is fully I feel it for you, Lord. I'm just not willing to go all the way. So the scripture tells me this right here. I want more than that with you. What if we become so sold out for God that we actually fulfilled the greatest scripture in the Bible and what God said, "All oh, the law and the Bible hung on. If we could fulfill it, we would fulfill the whole Bible just that we would love God with our whole mind, our soul, our strength. That is not a casual Christian experience. It doesn't sound like a one-hour-a-week affair that we meet to do. It is something that is enthralling us. It is something that is captivating us. It is something that we are in love with so much that we are obsessed with Him. It's a new level of love like we've never known before. I was reading a story the other week in an article. There's this lady in California. She's an atheist. The story goes, and she wrote it. She said, I never opened the Bible my entire life she said I had never prayed a single day in my life I had never talked to God said the I never went to church she said she said the only time I went to church was for weddings or for funerals I never attended a regular service my entire life she had gotten married to an atheist their child was born they raised their baby girl as an atheist there is no God But one day she got a phone call that would change her life forever. When she gets the phone call and says, Your little girl just walked out of the school building. Somebody was coming around the car, did not see her. And they hit her. It's looking bad. She rushes to the emergency room She gets there They're taking her child back to surgery The doctor comes out and says Ma'am, I am so sorry And I've got to tell you this I am going to try my best Your daughter is in critical condition I think I can do a surgery Her brain is swelling And I think I can do the surgery But even if by chance And he said it is a small chance That she is going to stay alive But if she does stay alive She's going to be a vegetable For the rest of her life The head injury is so severe She stays through the surgery. She decides after the surgery she's got to go home. She's going to get a quick shower. She's going to grab clothes. She's coming back to stay in the ICU with her daughter. She said in the article said that she drove into her driveway. It was night outside. She rolled her windows down. She cut off her car. She said, I took my fist and I held it out of my window and I looked up at the stars above and I said, God, if you are out there, I want you to know that I hate you and she said that's when it happened when all of a sudden she said I cursed God I cursed his name she said I used every curse word and foul word I could remember I collapsed down I broke down there was snot I was sobbing everywhere all over the car all over my clothes all over the steering wheel but then she said it happened And I quote, she said, I heard a voice come into that car. And the voice said, that is the first time you ever spoke to me. I want to tell you
1: that I love you.
0: Even though you've cussed me. Even though you have told me you hate me. Now that you have spoken to me, it has given me the opportunity to tell you I love you. How powerful love is. I'm closing, I'm closing. We use love as a weapon. It can shatter division. It can drive evil forces out of your life. If you have a broken home, love is the answer. If you're an alcoholic or a drug user Or you're addicted to some other thing Love is the answer To the homosexual That has said they were born this way And they feel like they cannot change And they're struggling Love is the answer For the person today That thinks I'm going to take my life Nobody cares about me There's nothing left for me in this side But God said I love you love is the answer you might have messed up you might find yourself like David in a mud hole you may have said I've blown it I have messed up but I hear the voice of God saying love can restore you my love can get you back on your feet again we're at Valentine's the enemy's after your marriage he's after your family But I want to declare over you that just like in the days of Moses, they put blood over the doorposts. And when the death angel passed by, he had to pass on by because he could not touch that house. I am telling you in the 21st century, you plead the love and the blood that Jesus shed over your house. And I'm telling you, the devil will not be able to get to you. Somebody ought to shout amen. Jesus still has the same saving power as it did when it flowed from Calvary a new level of love go to first John chapter 4 I want to leave you with this dear friends let us continue to love one another for love comes from God anyone who loves is a child of God and they know God But anyone who does not love does not know God for God is love. God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love. I love it. Not that we loved God God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, dear friends, give me a little floor. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. I'm going to leave you with this. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other God lives in us boy this is powerful and his love is brought to full expression in us I'm glad that Jesus loves the unlovable while we were yet sinners Christ died for us I'm going to leave you with this thought and we're going to pray you can't see the wind but you can see its effects you can't people can't see God but they should see the love of God operating through us We are the love of God. And today I encourage you, it is time to go to a new level of love. It is time to have crazy, radical love. It's the way you talk to the waitress that serves you your meal. That's the love of God. It's the way when somebody badmouths you. I I can't even repeat what somebody told me the other day, but they're walking out of a store and this guy just says something very, very rude, calls him a white cracker, and you're like, what? What? He's just rude. And I'm thinking, what in the world? And I looked at them and I said, what did you do? To which he responded, I just smiled at him and walked on. That, my friends, is the love of God. See, we think we have to prophesy for everybody to see, oh, God's here. We think we have to have the gift of wisdom and the gift of understanding and the gift of all knowledge and we've got to speak in tongues and we've got to have an interpreter and we've got to have all these things. But if you do not have love, it's like a sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. It is absolutely worth nothing. Let's stand. Oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves us.
1: Oh, he loves you
0: and me. And me, oh,
1: Jesus. Oh, how he loves you and me.
0: He gave, gave his, his life. life. What more, more could can he give? What more can he give? Oh how, how he, loves he loves you. you. Oh how, how he, loves he loves me. Oh how he, he loves, loves you. You and me. me. Today if you want to pray, the altars are open. I want you to take the love of God to your job. I want you to take the love of God to your children. I want you to take the love of God to your husband. I want you to take the love of God to your wife. I want you to take the love of God to your church people. I want you to take the love of God to people that misuse you and abuse you and talk evil of you. I want you to love them. Love them so much that they can't deny there's a God in heaven. Let's sing this together. Oh, my God.
1: Oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves you
0: and me. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, how
1: he loves you and me. He gave his life his life, what more good could he give? Oh, how he loves you.
0: Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves you and me. Thank you. You can play softly, Susan. I want to make a few announcements this morning. My challenge to you is love people. Love people. Love those that mistreat you. Do good to those who use you. That's the love of God. My challenge to you, I could hear God asking me, Jimmy, do you agape me? Are you willing to go all the way for me? you willing to die for me like I died for you? Then I hear Him say to you, and me? Are you attracted to me? You enjoy going through the motions? You like church? You like preaching? You like... What level are you at? I'm telling you, it's a thought, isn't it? It's a thought. So we're challenged today to be better. Anyone interested in joining church? See myself or Sandra. Sandra's right here on the one, two, three. She's got her hand raised. And uh, today... um, Let's see. I'm going to announce it that we're meeting on February the 19th. That's next Sunday, 945 a.m. I want to meet with you guys. I'm going to basically, or let's, let's call it, yeah, 945 will be fine. And we're going to go over kind of the teachings of a church, what we believe, the basic declarations of faith that we stand for. If you walk through these doors and go straight, there's a door that you will run right into, or a room you'll walk right into. That is called the choir room. That's where we're going to be joining at next Sunday at 945. I won't even hold you the full time. You can disperse and go to your groups uh, after we're finished. And then the day of joining will be February the 26th is when we'll be receiving people into the church. So if you're interested in that, please let us know. Two more weeks to donate to the Harvest Festival Drive for the Church of God Home for Children. If you want to give something that, it's going to be about a $600 project. I haven't even got an update on where we are. We should look this week. We'll look next week and let you know what we need. But anyhow, $10, $20, Um, We just, each one, bless it, we'll have a plenty. We're going to buy them two different size trash bags for the entire year, all right? So Home for Children, that's HFC on that envelope out there. Gap Widows Monthly Meeting this Tuesday, February 14th at 12 o'clock noon. Baked spaghetti, tossed salad, toasted cheese bread, and desserts. There will be games. There will be chocolates. There will be prizes. And there will be Pastor Jimmy. Love you guys. God bless you.